Well, today is uh, Sunday, December 4th. Uh, it's the second Sunday of Advent, and um, you've heard quite a bit about Advent already this morning, but just in case anybody's a visitor or a guest, and, or even just wondering if, it's, if Advent is not a familiar tradition for you in your years of following Jesus, uh, I want to just give a, a kind of little overview and, and share a quote from uh, someone that I read this week that really just resonated and encapsulated it for me. But Advent basically is this. It's, uh, it comes from the, the Latin word Adventus, and it means arrival or coming. And ultimately what we're doing is we're, we're acknowledging the arrival of Jesus, that, that he came to this earth. And we're acknowledging that we, we sit in the middle of his coming as a baby to save us. Uh, and also then we're waiting for his coming again, to come back as, as king and as victor. Uh, I want to read this quote from Reverend Megan Farr. She serves over in Ireland. Uh, and she just put it this way. And I appreciate how succinct and clear it was. It says, this season is a reminder that we live in an already and a not yet time. Between the first coming of Jesus as the baby born in the lowly manger and his second coming as king in power and majesty. The in-between time is long and it can be very bleak and discouraging. Our world is broken. There is suffering and pain. No one is untouched by trouble. Regularly we ask, where is God? Advent invites us to look honestly at the darkness of the world around us, to acknowledge the suffering and anguish and indeed the evil. In this season, we learn to face the darkness of the present because we know the end of the story. We can look forward to the light of the future and the promise of what is to come. The deep darkness will be overcome by the light of God that came first in the baby born in Bethlehem at Christmas, but who will come again in glory when Jesus returns. And so Advent is a season of ultimate hope, a hope that is found in a Savior who is Christ the Lord. If you were here with us last week, you know that we kicked off Advent uh, looking at the theme of hope. Uh, somewhere in like the middle centuries, they say that the church uh, began to celebrate Advent uh, with these themes of hope, peace, love, and joy. You might find different orders around. Um, I don't know if there's a real clear one. I see debates on that. But this is the order we're choosing to do it this year, uh, to look at hope, peace, love, and joy. And last week, yeah, we, we talked about hope, the fact that um, Advent ultimately is a season of hope, and we're beginning uh, the Christian calendar year with a focus on, on Christ, who is our hope. Uh, today, we're going to be talking about peace, and uh, I want to just kind of, again, set a framework for that a little bit. Uh, last week, I shared with you the, the scripture in Isaiah, Isaiah seven fourteen, how the prophet, God uh, announced to him, wanted him to announce to the people that though they were in darkness, that though they were in a season of uh, about to be oppressed by uh, the Assyrians and, and heading into their Babylon in captivity, uh, that God wanted them to go into that knowing that there was hope, that he was going to send a son, and the son's name would be Emmanuel, which means God with us. And so we're titling our series for Advent this year, uh, Always Present, just remembering that Emmanuel is always present with us. And, but we're having these intentional conversations uh, in these next four weeks, just looking at where and how is God present. Um, the prophet Isaiah went on two chapters later, and he writes this uh, in, in chapter 9, verses 6 through 7. And he writes, and he says, For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and of peace there will be no end on the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish it and to uphold it with justice and with righteousness from this time forth and forevermore. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. If you remember and know the narrative uh, in Luke, when the angels come, what they actually proclaim in chapter 2 and verse 14 is glory to God in the highest and on earth peace 
among those with whom he is pleased. One of the promises of Emmanuel, one of the promises of, my, of Messiah, was that he would be the Prince of Peace. He would be the one ultimately who would bring peace upon this earth in a way that had never been known before, that we are not fully experiencing in its fullness now, but someday we will get to experience. So again, we sit in the middle of the tension in that reality. Peace has come, yet we don't experience it in its fullness. And yet, if we're looking and waiting for God, longing for him, we do experience it, and there is a day we'll get it in its totality. So second week of Advent, we're talking about peace. And I want to, again, as I did last week, defining hope, I want to define peace for us before we have this conversation this morning. Peace, when you look at Scripture, and in this Hebrew language, if it was in the original wording, it would have been this word shalom. And peace means this. It means wholeness, physical well-being, security, good relations, integrity. And Scripture talks about peace being possible for us in three different ways. First, it's peace with God because of Messiah. We've been reconciled with God. We can be in relationship with him. We're no longer enemies or at war because of sin and brokenness. He's made the way that we can be at peace with him. But beyond that, there's also the peace of God. God's peace present in our lives, no matter what is going on around us. And then there's also the opportunity and the possibility for peace with one another. Three planes of reconciliation or wholeness made possible, good relations, integrity made possible because of Messiah, because of Jesus coming into the world. And so this morning, um, I want to invite up a good friend. I want to invite up Katie Fairley to come and have a conversation with me this morning about peace. Would you guys welcome her? Whichever one you're most comfortable with, yeah. That one good? All right. Um, go ahead, check it. Yeah. Hello. Yes. I was hoping you'd do the, is this thing on? Like, no. Is this on? Checking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. <laughs> well, Katie, thank you, um, yeah, this morning for coming and having a conversation with me. Um, Katie's husband, Chris, was going to join us as well, and unfortunately, he's not feeling super well, and so um, we're going to do that together. And if um, you yeah. get me by myself, <laughs> yeah. but no, I'm, I'm so grateful that both you and Chris right away were just responded humbly, but bravely to say, yeah, we're, we're willing to do that when I reached out to you. Um, and so, yeah, Katie, we're, we're, we're talking about peace this morning and how Jesus is our peace. And I would love for you, um, if you'd be willing, go ahead and share with us some of the context of the last year, couple years, if you will, some of the things that have gone on, highs, lows, um, and then we'll, we'll kind of talk about peace in the midst of that. Yeah. yeah. Um, so these past two years have been really, I don't know, they're, they're just really transformative for me, having a lot of growth. Um, so I guess I'll start with uh, 2021 because this year is 2022, correct? Yes, <laughs> it's 2021. For a few more days. For yes, a more weeks. for a yeah. few more weeks. Um, in 2021, uh, in February, um, my dad was hit by um, a driver who was under the influence of someone, someone, something. Um, and uh, I've never come that close to losing my dad. And um, it was 
it was a scary and hard time, but brought out so much goodness. So basically my dad had done a run. Uh, they lived down in Salem and he had crossed the, the crosswalk, was on the sidewalk quite a bit of a ways when a person who was under the influence of something, you don't know, alcohol, drugs, um, went up and over the sidewalk and drove down the sidewalk um, and hit my dad going around 20 some miles per hour. Um, Luckily, he doesn't remember any of it because he was out of it. So that's nice. He he's like, I do wonder, like, did I try to like avoid it? Did I try to <laughs> do something? But he doesn't remember anything. But um, I got I woke up from a nap because I had gotten the COVID vaccine the day before. And so I was like out of it. Uh, and I got all these calls from my mom and a text that was like, call me. And I was like, Oh, no, what what happened? And so she told me, uh, she said, Dad's okay, but he's in the hospital. He was hit by um, someone. And um, I don't use the word miraculous easily but it was a miracle he didn't have a single broken bone no fractures nothing um and i i don't know how that happened and for me i'm so grateful for that um but it's also something that confuses me a lot because i've had i have friends and family that haven't gotten that miracle who right. are you know, and so that's brought up a lot of that questioning to the past couple of years. Like, why did I get this miracle and my family got it and not everyone else gets it? But I'm so grateful now for every minute that I get with my dad. Um, but God was faithful with us through that. Um, first, God was there um, in the accident. The lady, when she swerved off, she hit a pole that ironically said, watch for pedestrians <laughs> and hit that pole. And they said probably that sign saved his life mm. because it went under the car and kind of stopped her car in a way that it, she didn't run over him. Mm. Um, and then also there just happened to be an ambulance that was stopped at the light right there yeah. and saw the whole thing. Yeah. And they just came, took him, and went to the hospital, which was actually very close, yeah. the park. So um, just grateful for all that. And then the recovery, my dad get, did get a really bad concussion. He was out for a couple minutes. Um, and so just following him through that uh, process of him just needing to be housebound, uh, being really careful, going through his physical therapy. I didn't even know they had concussion physical therapy and the things he had to do were like really complicated. It's, it's really interesting what they can do. And he dealt with vertigo, like really mm -hmm. bad vertigo for a while from that. Um, but he is, you know, really just back to to normal now and um it's so great we finally got our first house and so he got to be there and help us build a deck in the back and just i'm just so grateful yeah. for that so on this side of it i mean we're we're able to look back and see god's hand in it right mm -hmm. the grace of god from the things you described from that pole that you know slowed some of the impact from the ambulance being close mm -hmm. the hospital being close all of those things and yet I remember getting the text and the call from you and Chris telling this story. And it's not just so easy, right? I yeah. mean, again, here we can do it. How did, how did you in that moment, in, in that season, even as he's 
doing, he's in the hospital still, and he's getting rehab, and he's got concussion, all the different steps of it. Where, where did you find, where did God come to you as your source of peace in the midst of that? Because it wasn't this easy when it happened. I remember, you know. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, I think just praying a lot. That first night, I was really scared knowing yeah. that my dad was in the hospital and had had major head trauma. Yeah. I was so worried that maybe they didn't catch something like a brain bleed and something would happen and in the morning everything would be different. Yeah. I think just prayer. Um, I think peace is a hard thing for me as a very highly anxious person. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I think just really trusting in God with that. Um, there were a lot of MRIs that we had to wait for results and just time after time, like God kept being faithful with that. But it has made me think like, what if the news wouldn't have been good? How would yeah. I have handled that? Yeah. And honestly, I don't know yeah. other than going to God and, um, and finding peace in that, um, you know, I'm in a second going to talk about my own health issues, but it's a lot easier for me to deal with my own health issues than someone I love yeah. their health issues. So I'm really grateful, but that has definitely been something. And I've had, um, you know, some family members who have lost a parent. And while I got to keep mine and just thinking of, Oh, what if it was different? How would I be feeling? Yeah. And I don't have all the answers to that and everything, but all I know is that God is, has been there through every step of the way yeah. for us. You mentioned being a person that can battle and struggle with anxiety. Yes. I, I relate to that. I think a lot of people <laughs> yeah. can relate to that. And we can relate to our minds in the moment, yeah, running ahead, right? Like mm -hmm. we're there that night when it all happens and we're, what's going to be in the morning? Mm -hmm. What's the future after this? What's the next step, right? And we, mm -hmm. instead of being present in the moment, mm -hmm. We, yeah. we run ahead, right? Yeah. yeah. Anxiety lives in the future. It's actually not in the present with yeah. us. But you, you talked about, you know, the anxiety and, and um, you know, when we first met, you were really honest with me and open about just bipolar and mm -hmm. diagnosis and that. And we do share even that. How does how that impacts just your own, before we get to the other health piece for you, but even just that piece of it, would you share a little bit about your, you, you meant, you know, peace is hard for me because of this. <laughs> Let's talk about that for a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm a very anxious and controlling <laughs> person. So peace is not something and living in the present is not no. something that comes naturally to me. It is also something that I'm in counseling for to help, um, which has been great. And I always thought that maybe I wasn't that anxious because I wasn't having panic attacks. I, I have bipolar. And so I was used to very big emotions and crisis situations. So I'm like, I haven't had panic attacks. So maybe I'm not anxious. And then my counselor is like, you're a very highly anxious person. And I'm like, oh, okay. And I told my husband, Chris, and um, we've been married for 11 years. So he knows me very well. We were just 23 when we got married. And he was like, yeah, <laughs> like this isn't something new. But um, I just, I guess, hold it in. And um, 
so it's it's a constant thing and I often go to my own like how can I control this what can I do instead of going to God first and that's a really tricky thing for me to just stop and give it to God instead of let me fix this right now yeah yeah and so in your process and in your journey of your own mental health the things that happen with your dad and then the other health pieces for you where where and how or maybe maybe do you want to share about the other health sure. piece that you want yeah. to share about yeah. yeah so um i just learned yesterday that it's actually crohn's and colitis awareness week and i didn't know i'd be talking during that okay. so um in may i started having really troubling symptoms and got it checked out and my symptoms were could either be a variety of things and a lot of my symptoms matched colon cancer and so i was kind of worried about that and you know i was like but that's worst case scenario we're probably fine and um my symptoms kept getting worse and worse and um, my parents are usually very you know like my mom was a nurse and my dad is very even kill about certain things but they were even starting to get worried and um so i worked um with um ohsu and and they fast-tracked me into um getting testing and then eventually a good a funnel colonoscopy kind of thing going on there let me just tell you if you're 45 and you need to get one if you can spend the extra money to not get the gallon jug of liquid that was like one of the most miserable experiences of my life. So get the smaller amount of liquid if you can, just FYI. Um, but <laughs> so then they diagnosed me with ulcerative colitis. And uh, for those of you who don't know, that's, I didn't know about it. It's an autoimmune disease. Um, autoimmune runs in my family. My mom has one and it's put her in the hospital a couple times. And so I'm used to autoimmune, but no one in my family has this one. So um, I got medicine after I was diagnosed, things were great. And they told me um, one third of people stay the same, one third get better and one third get worse. And I ended up being the one third that gets worse. And so in October, um, it was around conferences. I'm a teacher, and so you're working 12, more than 12-hour 12 days. Yeah. You're trying to get all this stuff together and, and working um, late, and my symptoms came back, and this time they came back really bad. And um, as someone who tries to control things and as someone who wants to be the perfect teacher and be planned for everything, all of a sudden I was having to leave work early. I was having to take time off. Yeah. And that's really hard for me because it's also an invisible illness. So people can't see these things. And so I was like, maybe people just think I'm being lazy. Maybe my coworkers think I'm just like, you know, maybe I, it's all in my head and I'm just thinking, maybe I just have a tummy ache and I'm making things seem worse than they are, but then I got my test results back and um, the inflammation for a normal person is like healthy person is 50 or under, I was over 3000. And so it was kind of like, oh, okay, this wasn't in my head. So in a way that was kind of nice 
because I was like, okay, this isn't just me. So my doctor got me on these different meds and um, I had a CT scan recently and it showed that the inflammation was gone and it hadn't spread everywhere. But I do have to be prepared for it to come back a flare at basically any time. But this health thing got me back into counseling. And um, it's made me prioritize things in my life because stress and working extra and doing that really affects it. Um, And so it's just made me prioritize a lot of things. And even though I don't know what's going to happen, God has given me this peace just to be okay with whatever happens, but I'm definitely rethinking a lot of things in my life for when I am healthy, what kind of quality of life do I want? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Thank you for sharing yeah. all that. Um, it's not, I mean, you, you, you've, we've always had a very honest relationship, yeah. you and me and Chris, and the way you guys have, and it's been an honor to walk with you guys through a, a lot of different things beyond even these and to pray and all that. And so to be so vulnerable and honest this morning, I'm yeah. grateful, but where, you know, I'm thinking to one of the gals that I've appreciated reading recently, her name's Fleming Rutledge, and she says, Advent begins in the dark. Mm-hmm. And the reality is that, yeah, there's been a lot of darkness. There's been a lot of hardship. It hasn't been all easy from all the things you've spoken about, right? Mm-hmm. Where and how, I'd love to move here now, where and how has God come to you to seek you out and to provide peace? You've mentioned some scriptures in our conversations mm-hmm. and even people, how, how has peace been embodied and how has God pursued you to experience yeah. peace in the midst of all this? I think first of all, for me, is the history of God in me. Mm. Um, in 2008, when I was diagnosed with bipolar, that was, it was a living hell, yeah. you know? Yeah. And, um, but God was faithful. Yeah. So I'm like, if he was faithful, then he can be faithful now. Okay. When I didn't have control over my mind, at least now I have control over my mind. Yeah. And um, just him now looking back, you know, all those years ago, when I was 20, I'm 34 now, um, has really helped me be like, okay, he was so faithful. And I'm going to get through this. So a lot of that history um, with that. What was the scriptures that he gave you in that season? Yeah, it was um, Romans 8. I forget exactly what verses, but uh, if you have it. Yeah, would you read it for us? Yeah, let me see. Romans 8, 38 and 39 should be what she will read, yeah. So when I was going through bipolar, I really didn't, believe very much in God or I had grown up with it, but all of a sudden in my, in my mind, I was like, just really confused. I, I didn't know what to believe, but for some reason on this note card, I wrote this verse and I held on to it. And it's one of the reasons why I'm still here today. But um, it said, for I am sure that neither death nor life nor angels nor rulers nor nor things present nor things to come nor powers nor height nor depth nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Um, So as I was going through that, I would look at that note card and read it over and over again to know that no matter how terrible it was, even that can't separate me from God. and so holding on to that and, and remembering all of those things helps me yeah. 
keep going uh, when, when I'm presented with these different issues. Mm-hmm. Has there been, um, you'd said in this season too, that there was a new scripture yeah. that God had given you in this season to ground mm-hmm. you in, in peace and to help your mind be focused on what is true yes. as opposed to allowing it to mm-hmm. run into mm-hmm. untrue things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, last time it was with bipolar, it was very much just staying alive, yeah. literally, was the goal. Um, and this time, um, even going into the new school year, um, I had to be reminded that I can't do it all on my own. And so that was my scripture from John 15. And I don't, I'm guessing we have that one too. Um, I'm the vine, you are the branches, whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit from apart from me, you can do nothing. And I always say to myself, apart from God, I can't do, I can't do anything, you know? Um, and so when I've been feeling like lazy or guilty for having to leave work or to step out of certain things because of my health, um, I remind myself that I can't do it all and that's okay. Um, and then I remind myself when I'm trying to control everything and trying to be the perfect teacher and trying to do it all that in the end, I can only do so much and without God, I can't do it, you know? And this health lesson, uh, with having my autoimmune has just been a reminder of that, of God saying like, look, you can't do this by yourself. And I never expect for you to do it by yourself. And um, so right now this verse is the one that I'm keeping with me a lot. And when I feel like I am, you know, when I'm feeling overwhelmed, I just remind myself who I have with me, Um, you know, the king of the universe. Hmm. So, Yeah. yeah. Yeah, thank you for sharing that. I have always been, yeah, throughout the years of knowing you and Chris, um, just really humbled uh, just by, I think, the way that you, you, God has given you scriptures throughout the years, it seems like. Mm-hmm. There's always something that we've been able to talk about and process where you've gone, yep, this is the one that's grounding me. This is it. Yeah, and, and how- uh, I grew up in a very legalistic um, tradition. And so scripture is often, has been really bad for me in a way and to see God still use it and redeem it out of this legalism that really harmed me a lot as a child with scripture because I grew up in a you know uh you know you do exactly what the Bible says and you don't do anything else to the point where it became very very stressful for that to be the way that God really speaks to me and reaches to me is just incredible to me to show how God redeems through it all so Yeah. yeah But anyways, yeah. no, it's beautiful. I yeah, yeah. That, I, I'm just maybe let's ask one, one maybe last question or one thing yeah. that we've processed. Um, again, one of the things I admire greatly about you and Chris, the humility with which uh, you live and you walk with Jesus. Mm. And I think the average person, probably in our community, depending on the distance from which they've known you, they probably would not go. Katie's anxious. Katie's any, you know, like. <laughs> But underneath, yeah, yeah you know, there, this is the reality. This is true. This is real. This is you living in the in-between, the now and the not yet. Mm-hmm. And yet God faithfully coming and pursuing you in peace. And what I've seen 
out of that, the peace that God has given you over these years, is that you've actually been key, I think, in my life to help encourage me to live for and seek justice and lead our community in seeking, you know, uh, racial justice and biblical justice at different times and things, which is a key part of God's peace. Mm-hmm. You look in scripture, you don't see peace and justice very far apart Mm-mm. because they are linked, they are connected, that God's peace, that wholeness that we talked about, a key part of that is understanding that the foundations of his throne are righteousness and justice. Mm-hmm. And so here you are having experienced all these different things, God ministering to you, redeeming the word that was abusive for you in a sense as a kid, now it being a key source of his peace coming to you, you, again, always modeling for me and, and for many what it looks like to pursue peace in the world through means of, of justice. Where, where is God now um, in this season? Where, where is he inviting you? And how is he inviting you to be a representation of God's peace in, in this season? Mm. I think just being honest to people mm-hmm. about... Uh, just actually yesterday I was, or Friday I was talking to coworkers who have family members that have bipolar and I was able to share my experience with it. Um, and just being vulnerable and being real and not being afraid. Um, and I think having these different things happen to me has given me more empathy. Um, I think just I have some kids that come from really hard situations and it breaks my heart that little children have to deal with so much. And um, just thinking of being God's love for them, you know, I can't talk about it, but I can be his presence. And I try to do that on my own and then I come back to this and I'm like, no, when that kid is having one of those days and having a really rough time and taking it out on me, I can't do this myself. I have to have God help me out with that. And um, I think just, and also as my counselor has said, she's like, you picked an interesting job for, you know, being a introvert and a highly (laughs) sensitive person. I'm like, yeah, but that's why I need God. And I'm just learning that more and more that my peace is to show, to bring about loving others and then being vulnerable and honest that I can't do this on my own as much as I wish I could. And, um, it's a constant reminder for me too. I still try to all the time. Um, but I'm learning more and more through all of these experiences that God is faithful and he will help. And it's yeah. the only way. Amen. Yeah. As you speak, I think of some of Paul's words in the beginning of the Corinthians when he says, you know, thank God that in his, out of his richness and mercy to us that he allows us to then go and show mercy to others. Mm-hmm. And I think it's so true that that's what I've seen you and Chris embody mm-hmm. over so many years. And I'm so grateful that, um, yeah, you've shared with us this morning that you can say over the history of my life with God, over the history of my relationship, even that act of remembering grounds me now in the midst of everything that's going on in the peace and the reality of knowing that he's, he's always present with you. Yeah, so, I don't want to speak for Chris because right. he has his story to yeah. tell, but I know his experiences and walking by his side for... Uh, you know, 
fun fact, uh, I was diagnosed with bipolar one month after Chris and I started dating. So we have gone through it together and he had a lot of hard things too. So um, seeing how God has been faithful to him, I know he would be saying the exact same thing if he were, were here. Um, but we also still struggle with anxiety and it can be real fun in our house when yeah. <laughs> we're almost stressed out. But yeah. yeah, um, yeah, God is faithful and I've seen that multiple times. Yeah. We, we are living in the middle. We're living in between, right? Yeah. We're in the now and the not yet and our, and I, it's not fun. It's not fun. Mm -mm. It breaks but, my heart. Yeah. Seeing all these different things yeah. all the time. But you know, if I can, Get, make a child feel a little safer from, you know, eight to two, then I've done my part. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. yeah. Faithful now. Thank you for sharing. Thanks. Thanks. Um, <laughs> Missio, we, yeah, this morning, and again, the part of this, this series, part of the goal is that, again, when we look at Scripture and the declaration that, that God is ever present with us, that He is Emmanuel. Um, I look and I see a myriad of voices that God uses to tell this story. And so this series, the point and the goal is to invite a myriad of voices from our community to share these stories. Um, I'm so grateful again just for your authenticity, your honesty this morning, your vulnerability. Um, I want to put up these reflection questions for us to think about. Um, Missio, you've, you've heard again Katie this morning just talk very honestly about where she's at, the things she's gone through, but the way that God has faithfully come and been her peace. And I want to invite us as a community to be thinking about that. Um, where for you in this last year has, has God come to you and revealed his always present peace to you in Christ? And connected to that, what I want to encourage us as a community to be thinking about is that second question. Where are we right now in need of experiencing Jesus' always present peace. What's the scenario? What's the situation? What's the thing where God is inviting you to trust him more and more to be your peace? I love and I'm so grateful that you've talked about control a number of times. Because that is a huge part of whether we not, it, peace often it's about control. <laughs> Do I have it? Does someone else has it? Who has it? Does anybody have it? I love having control, yeah. and I'm, the older I get, the more I find out I don't yeah. have it. But it's about trust. It's, it's trusting. All, it's it's, it's trust. trusting. Yeah. Am I mm -hmm. trusting myself and the world system and things, or am I trusting mm -hmm. Emmanuel, God with me? Mm -hmm. And so I want to give us just a minute to, to sit, and then we're going to pray. But Missio, would you, would, you, would you take a minute and just, I want to give us a moment to, to consider these things before we pray.
Thank you, Father, this morning for your peaceful presence among us. Thank you, God, that you are the Lord, the Lord, the compassionate and gracious God, who is slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness. A God that does not hold sin against us, but comes over and over again in grace and in love to pursue us right exactly where we are. And I thank you, God, for your pursuit of your kids here in this room and online this morning. Thank you for that you're speaking into our hearts this morning, inviting us to trust you and to experience more fully peace with you the peace of you, and even, God, the way you're inviting, I think, some to experience greater peace in relationship with others. God, give us the, the courage to walk in those realities. Remind us that your grace is always present, that you're with us and for us. And God, I thank you for Chris and for Katie Fairley. Lord, I thank you for the testimony we heard this morning of you being a God who is faithful you being a God who is not far off, but you being a God who is present, and you being a God of redemption. Thank you that you are creator, that you are the maker of life, the giver of breath. You are the redeemer. You are the holy one and the only one, God, that can sustain us and restore us into the wholeness that you intended for us to have when you created us and called us into existence in love. And I thank you for Chris, and I thank you for Katie, and I thank you, God, for your presence in their lives, for the truth and the power of your word to ground them in your love. Thank you for your spirit within them that leads and guides them into truth. And I thank you, God, for the physical bodies that you've given them to embody the souls that you have created and given them, God, in order that they would be able to embody for others the reality of your love, of your hope, of your joy, and of your peace. And God, we as a community together in the hearing of the things that she's shared about her physical health, God, we come before you now together and we ask, Lord, for your miraculous healing for Katie. We ask, Jesus, that you would extend your hands of love and your hands of healing, those that were extended on the cross in which we're told that by your blood we are healed. I pray for healing for Katie's physical body. Thank you, yes, for doctors. Thank you, yes, for clear scans. Thank you, yes, for medication to fight inflammation. But Jesus, you are the author and the giver of life. And you are the sustainer of it. And we ask for you to minister and bring healing out of your love to Katie's body. And I think even of Chris now at home, not able to be with us because he's not feeling well, I pray for him as well. God, for you to extend your hand into their home right now and to bring health and healing and strength and encouragement to Chris. And Lord, I pray uh, your protection over Chris and Katie in this season. Would you continue to go to bat for them against the lies, against discouragement, against anxiety? Lord, fill them with your peace. Fill their home with your peace. Fill her classroom with your peace. Fill her car with your peace. God, fill every area in which Katie walks with your peace, your wholeness, your well-being, your prosperity, your goodness. I pray for your shalom over Katie and Chris Fairley. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Lord, I pray your peace over this family that you've called into existence and called Missio. And I ask God that we would be a people of peace that remember the truth and the reality of who you are and carry your peace into the world in this season and beyond. Amen.
Katie, would you um, do us the honor and would you light our second Advent candle, pick a purple one, and uh, we're going to remember that Jesus is our peace. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you.